the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is the Pro-America Report on The Answer, San Diego. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Hope you had a great weekend. Great to be together. We've got a great interview coming up in a few moments with Dr. Randy Grellner. I met Dr. Grellner last week when he came up to the swamp. He's from Oklahoma. He's a doctor takes care of patients and he's running for the special uh, in the special election for the U.S. Senate against uh, a whole bunch of people. There's like eight or nine people in the race because uh, Senator U.S. U.S. Senator uh, Inhofe is retiring, resigning in the middle of the term. I think some health issues with his wife and others. So a really interesting interview coming up. We'll talk to him and also Dan Gaynor from the um, uh, from the uh, Media Research Center. Uh, really fascinating guy. Good, funny guy, too. He's got a sense of humor. He wrote a piece last week about uh, nine questions uh, for Elon Musk about the Twitter sale. Pretty funny. Got a huge reaction. Uh, great communicator. We'll talk with Dan Gaynor. But first, what do you need to know? Well, I want to set you up for something. I want to set your. I want to set the table for us to see what's uh, being served to us, and that is on the election integrity issue. All over Twitter for most of the day, there has been coverage of uh, more uh, identification by the powers that be that there were no election breaches. No election breaches, they say. Now, a major report done by Reuters, if you go to Reuters.com, a report on how there's no evidence of election tampering in 2020. The AP was covering no incidences of breaches, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Why is this? Well, did you know that on February, February, I think 14th, it might have been exactly on Valentine's Day or in and around there, uh, that in in Georgia, uh, there was a report that was generated by a forensic investigator And the report has been kept secret by the judge down there, federal judge, at the request of the federal government. And we don't know why. It has to do with an analysis of the code, the source code of one of the electronic systems. Because what I've told people for a long time is, even if you say that there have been no instances of a breach in the election system that have been proven in court, it doesn't mean that they happened. And more importantly, what we haven't seen is transparency. And so why is it that we were all told, just move along, move along, move along? Why is no one, both parties, addressing this question of a lack of transparency in our elections? And what you need to know is they are addressing it. It's just that big tech, big media, and big government isn't allowing you to see it. So think about this. The the federal government requested this CISA, S-C-I-S-A department that does uh, uh, Internet security of the federal government requested that this report about the, one of the election systems. Uh, I don't know if it's Dominion or which one about how their uh, uh, Internet source code, how the, how the Internet, how the inner workings uh, uh, work. So big government says, don't let it out into the into the public. And big media and big tech go along with it. Don't you think, wouldn't it be interesting if the media wanted to see 
the things that are at the heart of the election? No, 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 that's not allowed. So what you need to know is we're being told everything is fine. You're not allowed to look any closer. And most of the people in power are going along with that. When was the last time you heard a major elected official happening a little bit in Georgia, happening a little bit in Arizona, but any place where an elected official stands up and says, I want to do something about it. They're punished usually by their own party in Pennsylvania. Now uh, the state Senator Doug Mastriano is running for governor. He tried to say, let's do an audit. Let's slow things down. He got punished by his own party. And my point here is, Why are we all being told to be quiet by all the people in power? And the reason is, if you're in power, you don't think the system was rigged. You can't think the system was rigged. If you won your election, you can't think the system was rigged. It's counterintuitive. The only guy I've ever met who actually believes that the systems are not transparent enough who is in office is Pete Sessions, Senator Congressman Pete Sessions of Texas, because in 18, he lost his race where things were really squirrely and not transparent. And then he sat out for a term and ended up winning again back in 2020. He actually has said, there's something going on. It's not transparent enough. I can't tell for sure if there was fraud, but I know it's not transparent. So we're being told that you're not allowed to ask for more transparency. We're watching as most of the people in power who think they won their election because they're really smart and really talented. They're not looking for transparency. And yet in places where it comes up, the people who are bringing it up, it's wildly popular amongst voters. Why is that? Or citizens? Well, for one thing, if you're a Bernie Sanders supporter, you think the game was rigged against you a couple of times. If you were a Hillary Clinton supporter in 2016, you were told by Hillary and the left for months and months, for years, that the thing was a a problem, that there was a problem with the election system. It wasn't transparent. It was never gotten to the bottom of. And if you're a Trump supporter or if you're a Republican, you say something went on in 2020. Now, my point here and what you need to know is the failure to have wholesale demands of transparency in the election whether it's the reports out of uh, out of uh, uh, Georgia that have been held in secret by the federal judge that might tell us something, we don't know. Whether it's the lack of uh, getting to the bottom of some of the things that just seem odd, it feels like it's a setup for 2022. If you were going to design a system that was going to make it so that you could get away with at least... Uh, forget about if there's cheating. Just say, if you don't want to make the system transparent so no one will trust it, but you want to get away with that, the way to do it is make it so anybody who says there's a problem with no transparency is going to be called a bigot, is going to be called a secessionist, an insurrectionist, is going to be targeted. And you watch the way the overlap of the people who will be attacked by the January 6th Select Committee of the U.S. House, the political hatchet job committee of the of the U.S. House, which will ha- start having hearings in June. They're going to have a series of hearings. The overlap of the people attacked and called names by the January 6th committee with the group of people that are saying, hey, this wasn't a very good election. It wasn't transparent enough. What can we do? The overlap will be huge because the goal of all of this is to stop reform and transparency 
And also, as we've talked so many times, it's also designed to make it so we the people just decide it's not worth the trouble. We don't want to be targeted by people who are going to ask lots of questions and, and make us uncomfortable. We, we would prefer to stand back. And But I'll tell you, if I was running for office, if I was on the ballot in 2022, I would be running on this simple proposition. We should have transparent elections. And if we don't have transparent elections, we cannot expect the voters Either party, both parties, wings of the parties, left and right wings, none of those people, we can't expect them to be confident in a system that's so lacking in transparency. And when I watch Reuters and Politico and others lining up now to say, no, 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 you can't ask questions. People that are asking questions about the elections, that's not allowed. You must be fringe characters. You must be out of the out of the loop. Really worrying. That's really worrying. That's what they're doing. That's what they're doing. Again, what you need to know is, and 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 by the way, the candidates who are talking about making the election system transparent are getting lots of voters. They're getting lots of attention. I should say it that way. Lots of energy, because people are looking up, going, "Yeah, I feel that. I feel like the system doesn't seem to be transparent." I don't feel like anybody got to the bottom of what's actually gone on. Do, do we know, for example, why turnout was so dramatically high in certain Democrat areas, but not in other Democrat areas? What, shouldn't that be a study? In other words, if you were in, a, uh, let's say, one of the collar counties of New York City, that's a county that generally goes Democrat. And, it goes, and this last time, it went Democrat in the standard sort of numbers. But if you were in Montgomery County or if you were in Maricopa County, some other counties that seem to be targeted for turnout, it was dramatically higher. Why haven't we gotten to the bottom of that? Just be transparent. If there is a way that it happened well because of uh, turnout mechanisms, that ought to be described. We shouldn't be told you're not allowed to ask about transparency. Because what you need to know is a non-transparent election in 2022, besides the fact that it may lead to stolen votes, it will lead to a disaster in 2024 when we have to have a national election that the people believe in. All right, we got to take a break. We'll be right back. We'll talk with Dr. Randy Grellner and Dan Gaynor of the um, of the Media Research Center. Back in a moment, Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Talk to you in a moment. <laughs> Welcome back, everybody. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. You know, I I have a great uh, chance, as uh, my listeners know, to meet lots of different folks, authors a lot of times, uh, people that are in uh, public office, and candidates. And so last week or so, a friend of mine, well, General Flynn, Mike Flynn, texted me and said, I want you to meet a guy named Dr. Randy Grellner. And he's coming into town into the, to the, towards the swamp. He lives in Oklahoma in a small town, and he's a doctor. He's got a own practice, takes care of people, has been really creative in this uh, crazy time. And I, he said he's going to run for U.S. Senate. And I said, why would somebody who has a great life want to be a U.S. senator? That's a problem right there. But anyway, we'll discuss that in a second. And he said, well, it's a special election just in the next 60 days because Senator Inhofe is retiring. And uh, Dr. Grellner wants to serve this way. So welcome, Dr. Randy Grellner. How are you? you, sir. 
I'm doing great, Ed. Thanks for having me on. You're welcome. And by the way, the website, DrGrellnerUSSenate.com. Uh, I'll put it up on social media. DR for Dr. Dr. Grellner. Uh, Grellner's got two L's. Uh, USSenate.com is the website. So answer that question first, Dr. Grellner. You've got a nice life. You've got a nice wife, two kids. You have a very successful practice as a, a doctor. You came from almost nothing the way you told me about it. Your family was uh, working, you know, working a farm and had a bunch of kids in your family. Why would you want to ruin your life by having to come out to the swamp well it's more it, it's a great question my wife asked it first my friends ask it my patients ask the question and then I look in the mirror and say what are you thinking uh, but it, it it was a uh, about eight years ago I flew up to DC because I was just tired of where this country's heading the debt um, is terrible. Um, and we're going we're on a financial cliff now. And then you go through this pandemic and you see that your institutions are broken. Mm-hmm. And so, um, I just decided that it was time uh, to stand up and I've been blessed and my family's been blessed and my kids are out of school. And when I was up there in 2014, I was able to meet with Tom Coburn's staff, and then I oh, talked yeah. to him yep. Yeah, later, and his philosophy and my philosophy are the same. We've got to cut, we've got to cut spending. We've got to uh, you know, decrease taxes to get this economy going, but we have to uh, financially clean up our house, yeah. and so that was, uh, it was just time to, time to jump in. Well, he was another great guy. Uh, we're talking uh, again with Dr. Randy Grellner, who's running for U.S. Senate. The election is at the end of June. It's a special election because Senator Inhofe is retiring. You know, you brought up Tom Coburn, uh, Dr. Tom Coburn, like you, uh, a physician who had his own practice and, and kind of came up. They called him Dr. No because he voted against a lot of things. But, uh, you know, he was kind of drain the swamp before drain the swamp was cool. And he, uh, before, unfortunately, passed away already. I mean, he was not a, not a, he was a young man. I mean, young ish. Um, mm-hmm. So he's not on the scene. Uh, but what about the uh, what about when you looked at your doctor, when you looked at what happened during COVID? You mentioned our institutions are broken. Mm-hmm. There's always amongst doctors and you, my listeners know I'm married to a internal internal medicine physician, too. There's always doctors always have different opinions, but we've never seen such. I don't know, lies. I mean, we were just so right. misled in ways. How how do you how do your patients feel about what happened, the medical system? Yeah. Well, I have patients that come from all across the country via telemedicine, and then a lot of them here in Oklahoma, and they seek out people that are willing to, you know, take a risk with their license and use um, medications like hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin. They feel abandoned, quite honestly. They feel lied to. You are, we're all kicked off social media and censored. uh, And, you know, so there's no debate. It's their way or no way. And, People, um, you know, that's not America, and right. we are losing um, our social liberties or, you know, our civil liberties. And, you know, I was watching the news the other day, and now we have a truth ministry in the DHS. And, right. You know, yeah. you know that that is um, is it's terrible. But they they they're not getting any information about how to potentially treat this. They're told go home when you turn blue. Hope you can make it back to the ER, and we'll put you on a ventilator. And that was just unacceptable. Yeah. We're talking again with Dr. Randy Grellner. He's uh, running for the U.S. Senate in Oklahoma, uh, came up to Washington, D.C. We had a great visit last week, and I thought he's got a lot to add. Here's another question I have for you. Talk about uh, uh, talk about someone who just feels like you should serve. Um, I was looking at your 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 bio and we were talking and, you know, you, you, you had a practice. You take care of lots of older folks like my wife loves to serve. She's a she's a physician who loves the older folks. And then I noticed 
you served on the school board. Now, I read your bio and I realized, well, he came through the public schools. He was a guy that came through the public schools. So he's kind of given back. But man, you, I think you did six years or, or eight years. I mean, that's tough service. How do you feel about it? Because it's just hard work. And it's, you know, you, you mostly have parents that are coming to the school board because they got something to complain about. But, but what do you think about this moment where across the country, I don't know how bad it is in Oklahoma, they've had this, the, the, this craziness they're teaching our kids. Yeah, right. This uh, critical race theory. We're not so bad. We're in rural America. And our, our superintendent was very good about making sure we didn't have that kind of curriculum here. Yeah. But, you know, we're not victims. If you're born in America, okay, you already have, you, you're already up on 95% of the rest of the world. And this victim mentality we have in this country um, has got to go. And to continue to reinforce that is just doing nothing more than weakening our future generations. So uh, it's it's got to go. Yeah. All right. One uh, line, last line. I got a couple of questions on this topic, though. Over the weekend, amazingly, the, the media made fun of Donald Trump because he messed up somebody's name at a rally. Now, I don't know about you, but I mean, we're about the same age and I mess up people's name all the time. It's just life is busy, but it's almost a trick of the left. They say something and they're, they're, they're trending on Twitter. They're saying, you know, Donald Trump's losing it. Meanwhile, the guy in the White House actually looks like he's unhealthy. Now, I, I, you, you know, a doctor can't uh, diagnose people from a distance in terms of your practice. You know, people need to be careful. My wife always teaches me that. But observing what's happening in this country, our president doesn't look up to the job and the, the economy's in, in shambles. The, we may end up in wars or in the world, but he just doesn't look up for the job. No, he, he looks totally inca- incapacitated. I don't know if it's dementia or if it's delirium or, you know, what kind of neurodegenerative process he may have going on. But it is very concerning to have somebody like that at the uh, at the wheel. And this country is in dire straits at this point in time. And if we if we don't change direction and we're going down a path that is very concerning and, you know, who's leading it, I don't know. Uh, but he's not because yeah. uh, I just don't think he has the capability of doing that. Uh, in, in where you are, we're talking to Dr. Randy Grellner again. You mentioned your practice is out. It's a rural practice, you, you know, um, and you've got lots of patients that are all across the different industries. But one of them is oil and gas. And we're watching inflation and gas prices are through the roof. Inflation is related to that, especially because we stopped what was about a four year. It was the Trump era trend of energy independence. And let's do everything like I don't think I don't think Trump was against much if it came to energy independence, just do it and let's figure it out. And what are you seeing in your communities in Oklahoma in the in the face of this, you know, don't drill, don't, you know, EPA regulations are up. It must be devastating. It, it is actually absolutely devastating. And people are, have lost their jobs. I mean, when the pipeline went down, we, we live in the crossroad pipeline of America. This town has 90 million barrels of storage. And when that keystone went down, People lost jobs, all the welding industry left, the roughneckers, and then your cafes suffer and the people, you know, and then your medical facilities suffer. It is a, you know, it's a domino effect through the economy. And right now, um, you know, in 2019, we were finally energy dependent. And uh, now we're back on foreign oil and, you know, and and it's a national security issue this if we do not have enough energy in this country then we've got to buy it somewhere in russia and saudi arabia are not our friends usually 
Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Well, and 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 once you're energy independent, you can buy from wherever you want because they know you don't have to be there. It's like anything else, right? If you're if you've got options, then people will deal with you straighter than they would. Again, Dr. Randy Grellner uh, for U.S. Senate. His website is drgrellnerussenate.com. I'll put it up on social media. Uh, they President Trump. Uh, a bunch of Republicans thought, well, he's gone from office and they sort of stepped away from him. H- how do you feel about President Trump and where he is, what he's done? What do you think the future is uh, w- with and for him? Yeah, I, I think the future is probably bright uh, for, for him, obviously. And he, I think his policies were great. Hey, there's not one of us out there perfect. I'm not perfect. You're not perfect. And and he would, I would say, definitely say he's not perfect. But he knew how to drive an economy. He knew how to run a business. And this company, this country is a business. And so he, uh, you know, he was energy. And, and you know, the fact of the matter is he's not a globalist. And they're never going to like somebody that's not a globalist. Yeah. And um, he, was a, he was for America first. And this country will not do well if America and this world will not do well if America is not leading it. Yeah. Well, and, and, you know, on the front, on the very front page of your uh, website, uh, it, it, you say, uh, Cong, we don't need another career politician. And I think it, it, the one thing that Trump wasn't was a career politician. He was a career public figure and a national list and that, but he was not a politician. He didn't play their game the way they uh, expected him to play it. And they hated that. So uh, I'm glad that that's sort of in the first line of your description is uh, not another career politician. That's not what we need. So, all right, Dr. Randy Grellner, again, for U.S. Senate, Dr. Grellner, U.S. Senate, com. I got to run. I uh, will keep a close eye on this race. I was really excited to meet you. And I know General Flynn, General Mike Flynn is a supporter and has endorsed you already uh, in your race. So that that's a, as bad as as good as it gets. Maybe it's as good as it gets, except for Trump. If you get maybe a, that's the only yeah. other one. So, uh, right. well, thank, yeah, thank you for coming on the show. And Don. you, Ed, it's, it's always <laughs> good to have you on the there. That's true. That's, <laughs> that's not, I don't think it's quite the level of those guys, but I like you saying that at least I, you're learning how this goes. You got to you got to kind of really, you know, suck up to the host. So that was well done. <laughs> You should have done that in the first two minutes of the interview. And then I would have been like, oh, this guy's a genius. So anyway, all right. Well, hey, thank you, uh, Dr. Grellner. We'll talk again soon. Okay. Thanks. All right. We'll take a break, everybody. We'll come back. Don't forget, I'll put it all up on social media over at ProAmericaReport.com. All these links and uh, the interview. Uh, We'll be right back. We'll take a break. Ed Martin here on the Pro America Report. Back in a moment. Welcome back. Welcome back. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Our chance to catch up with Dan Gaynor. Uh, Dan Gaynor, who earlier, uh, well, I guess it was late last week, I noticed that he uh, he uh, posted uh, some questions and some things he was involved in the Elon Musk discussion. Dan Gaynor, of course, is the vice president of Free Speech America and Business at the Media Research Center. Media Research Center is a place to see lots of great stuff, lots of content created and lots of pushing back. It's uh, pretty cool. So welcome uh, back, Dan, to the program. You've been on before. Thank you. How are you? Well, I'm doing well and I'm doing well partially because that, that piece did, did travel real well. And uh, you know, timing is everything in news media. And so when the richest man in the world tries to buy the most influential social media outlet in the world um, and you, you ask yeah. pertinent questions, <laughs> yeah, people care. Well, and we're, that's right. And Dan's piece ran over at uh, foxnews.com. Nine questions for Elon Musk now that he's bought Twitter. And you're right. It did. I saw it. I saw it. We, we, I, someone pitched me and said, Hey, you want to talk to a uh, Dan? And I said, yeah. And then I saw it was all over the place. Uh, and uh, so um, Dan, um, 
First of all, Musk, just to move a little bit forward, I want to go back to this piece, but Musk has made these comments in the last three or four days about um, Adderall and about something else. And he's getting a new sort of <laughs> level of attack now from the left and everybody else I, I, in a weird way. What's he doing? I mean, I want to ask that. What, is, what do you think he's doing? Well, I'm going to say the reason why, I mean, besides all the other reasons I support Elon Musk running Twitter, Elon Musk is a user of Twitter. And what he is doing is trolling the media and trolling the left who are so blatantly against him. And he's just giving, just like, if you've seen Jaws, he's (laughs) chumming. That's exactly, he's just riding along the boat, throwing chum out, waiting for them to grab it and, and make fools of themselves. And so it's like, uh, what do you say? I'm finally done with. I'm I'm finally done with. He left it blank, like you know, criticizing Bill Gates. <laughs> right, right, right. Exactly. Yeah, that's right. That's and right. Was, yeah, <laughs> but that came a couple of days. I mean, a couple of days before he announced the purchase of of Twitter, he posted a photo. This hilarious combination. A photo of Bill Gates, completely you know, wearing a blue shirt with the with the gut and the man boobs. Yeah, and then he then he posted next to it. The Twitter, the emoji of the pregnant man that looked just like Bill Gates with yeah. the blue shirt and, yeah. and the gut. Yeah. And, and I mean, I won't say what he said because it was inappropriate for radio, but it was funny. Yeah. He is, um, he certainly is fearless, right? I mean, there's something about this guy that he's, and I guess being that rich makes you fearless. All right. Let me go through a couple of these questions, though, that you posted. Again, we're talking with Dan Gaynor uh, about his piece that ran last week at foxnews.com. The first one, though, about Trump. Will Trump return? That was your first question. And he says he won't. But you say, yeah, we'll see. I, how, how could he not? Right. How could Trump I, I mean, resist? I, I actually said, yes, Trump says he won't be back. Well, uh, yeah, I, I think he will. Be. Try, if Trump is running for president, Trump will do media wherever. When I when I was doing radio in 2015 and 2016, after after President Trump announced he was running for president, um, I would follow him sometimes on small market and large market radio. And one day I realized I'm in a small market in the United States. And Donald Trump, not one of his, one of the spokespeople, but Donald Trump himself is doing this radio station. Mm-hmm. And I realized how serious he was taking this because yeah. he did, he loved doing media. So Twitter was his superpower. He's not walking away from it. If he, if he gets a chance to come back under Elon Musk, he'll, he'll, He'll get he'll cave because he wants to. Well, and I, exactly, and I and I and I think um, it's better for him now to say he won't. The bigger question is, will um, will uh, Musk and Twitter welcome him back? They have to, right? Well, I mean, they don't have to. Um, oh, I mean, I mean, I practically, Musk, practically. I think Musk is sort of committed to doing so, right. and you know, at this point, he's taking all the heat for doing it. You might as well do it, right? Right, right. Yeah. We're talking with Dan Gaynor again. Uh, Dan is at the Media Research Center, MRC.org, their website. There's a ton there, his stuff, as well as lots of his uh, colleagues there. Um, uh, another one on this question for me is uh, you, you, you talked about uh, foreign regulation. You know, somebody over the weekend, I think on CNN said, we got to look to Europe to regulate Twitter. I mean, so I guess what I mean is how big a fight is Musk going to have or will he have over, you know, foreign entities? I mean, if he goes pure free speech, he probably lets in a lot of people on every side, left and right, who, if they're not doing anti-Semitic or violent stuff, might be spinning, right? It might even be propaganda formally. I think he lets that go, right? As long as it's not 
criminal, his position is laws is not criminal should be allowed. So, you know, even if what even what the left defines as hate speech would be allowed, that doesn't imply that he supports hate speech. Right. But but once you start declaring that some speech is hate speech, right. where do you stop? So the left would, would say, OK, well, you know, this speech is bad, but so is this speech. And for instance, to this example, um, saying a man is a man and a woman is a woman, they define that as hate speech. Right. So, so, I mean, that's, you get, it's not a slippery slope. It's a cliff. Yeah. So I would agree. I, I personally agree with him to let it in, even if people are going to spend 24 seven saying bad stuff about me. Yeah. Well, and one interesting thing about it is what we saw happen at Gab, for example, was a lot of really nasty people went there and they tried to then clean it up. And once you start to clean it up, people think they can't be. And Twitter did too, by the way. Twitter has certain policies that do that too right now, as we see. Um, so it is, it, it's not, it's not so much as a slippery slope as an impossible slope. You, you, there's no set, there's no satisfying anyone, which, you know, begs the question that, uh, whether Musk can either. Uh, again, we're talking with Dan Gaynor. He's over at the Media Research Center, uh, MRC.org. Dan, um, I was asked about this and I said about the whole thing and I said, look, Twitter is the most influential social media in terms of the power players. That's just true, right? The elected officials, the bureaucrats, the media, et cetera. But I'm not sure it's the most powerful uh, social media or, or, or tech uh, media outlet at all compared with TikTok and Facebook and Google. I mean, in some ways right now, uh, Zuckerberg and uh, and the folks over at Google or Alphabet are loving this. You pick on Musk. I'm going to be over here continuing to do all the stuff I want to do. Well, Google isn't strictly a social media search. Media. I know, I know, I know. Okay. And so that's a little bit different. But of the social media, Twitter is vastly more powerful than TikTok. Having, um, you know, 10,000, uh, 20 somethings, uh, you know, posting your video and, you know, getting upset about something is, is influential. I'm not going to downplay the influence. TikTok's number one most popular website from last year. But TikTok, doesn't pass legislation. Politicians pass legislation. Twitter is filled with politicians, journalists, business people, mm. corporations, and activists. And so that's where the conversation, the global conversation is, uh, is built, you know, is, is created. And so what they've been doing for eight years is gradually controlling more and more of that and allowing uh, bots or automated accounts to manipulate the conversation too. Uh, so, so him buying this is important in that way, but it's also important because the social media companies tend to operate in lockstep. And so if one of them goes toward free speech, suddenly that breaks the cartel and they can't stand that. Hmm. Uh, again, we're talking with Dan Gaynor uh, over at the media research center, MRC.org. Um, Dan, uh, the, um, the the response of the Twitter folks that or the left they know what they would be missing, but the timing of your piece a few days ago and this happening, and then the Biden administration rolls out literally an office that's focused on this, and again an office focused on disinformation headed by I don't know a a generic uh, bureaucrat or something would be one thing, but it's it's they name a woman who really looks like a a like a leftist wild you know character. I mean what I've seen. Uh, I mean timing is everything, but at this point 
do the Biden administration, do they just not care about the next election? Because I got to think normal people think this is really creepy. Well, I mean, you're right on all that. And yes, I'm not sure they care. Um, I mean, you've, you know, you look at Donald Trump because they know the foundation of all this. The media will be on their side. And I mean, that's that's important. So you've got, you know, uh, David Zurowick from, you know, the Baltimore Sun, who went on CNN yesterday. Yeah, yeah. Out there saying, you know, we are headed to hell without regulation. Right. Now, they were okay when a billionaire bought the Washington Post. They're okay that a billionaire owns Facebook. They're okay that liberals own everything. But right. when somebody supports free speech, and Elon Musk is not a conservative. No, he's not at all. He's not at all. I, I agree. He's definitely more of a libertarian. Right. But that you know this you know the the left has has gone from saying uh you know the big tent to the everyone who disagrees with us is in a, is evil and they're nazis and that means that glenn greenwald who prior to a couple of years ago somebody i spent most of my time if i interacted with him i was criticizing him right he's a big free speech advocate and they hate it yeah. Uh, you know, they hate Musk for, for being promoting free speech. They want regulation because regulation, they know they'll control it because the left controls our government. Yeah, that's exactly that's I, yeah more regulation that I often tell people, Dan, I was chief of staff to the governor of Missouri, and it was the, the, the largest problem in terms of actually governing that I learned really quickly was not it was not the lobbyists. It wasn't the left. It wasn't the rhinos. It was the bureaucrats inside government that were going to outweigh you and they were going to outplay you. And they knew more. They knew where everything was. You know, bodies were buried as well as, uh, uh, you know, a way to move things around. So. All right. Dan Gaynor. Thank you. I got to run. Dan Gaynor. His piece uh, was over at foxnews.com. I'll put it up on social media. He, of course, is vice president over at uh, the Media Research Center, MRC.org. Thanks, Dan. I appreciate you. Thank you. All right, we'll take a break, everybody. I'll put this up on social media, too. I'll post it over there and at ProAmericaReport.com. You can check out the interview. We'll take a break, and we'll be right back. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro America Report, back in a moment. This is the Phyllis Schlafly Report, presenting a daily conservative pro-family perspective since 1983 and continuing the legacy of Phyllis Schlafly. Now here's the president of Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, Ed Martin. Europeans do not want to merge with Ukraine, and most Ukrainians and Russians don't want to merge either. Yet the deep state has pressed for this fantasy until the horrible conflagration ignited. This is the so-called New World Order that seems to lead far too many nations into wars. In the United States and Western Europe, the unelected officials who comprise the deep state think they can force global alliances that are contrary to millennia of bonds and cultures among peoples and nations. Millions are praying for a de-escalation in hostilities, but globalists would gladly see the world go to war, it seems, if it meant an expansion of their power. The deep state has wrongly promoted the European Union for everyone as a sort of one world government whose purpose is to have as many members as possible without regard to the resultant conflicts. Ukraine does not qualify for membership in NATO or the EU, whose current members rightly oppose the admission of that nation. Yet both organizations are controlled by unaccountable bureaucrats who feel they don't need the consent of the nations they purport to represent. Bill Clinton promoted global government and described it as a, quote, web of institutions and arrangements, end quote, that seek expanding NATO eastward. 
Russian President Vladimir Putin repeatedly warned that Russia and its allies would not allow the former Soviet republics of Ukraine and Georgia to join NATO. But deep staters in our own State Department pressed for that war-inducing strategy anyway. The European Council President, Charles Michel, irresponsibly fanned the flames of war by declaring, Ukraine and its people are family. Further concrete support is on its way. Ukraine is family to Russia in language, culture, ethnicity, religion, and geography. Attempts by European deep staters to bring Ukraine into the European Union are merely an incitement for Russia and its allies, who therefore must prevent it. Globalism is a part of a bigger problem. It's not a part of the solution. This has been the Phyllis Schlafly Report from Phyllis Schlafly Eagles. As leader of the free world, America has a responsibility to stay strong in economics, industry, morality, and military capability. Never hesitating to say, America first. At phyllisschlafly.com, you'll see why the best foreign policy begins with a strong America. Join the conversation at phyllisschlafly.com. Thanks for listening, and join us again for the Phyllis Schlafly Report. Welcome back. Welcome back. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Hey, let's finish up today with a little bit more on the issue of uh, life. Um, I mentioned, uh, and if you go over to ProAmericaReport.com, you will see a great interview with Jordan Henry, the research director from the uh, the Phyllis Schlafly uh, Eagles, where I work uh, my day job. And Jordan and I were talking about Life Matters, a new podcast. But here's what I want to tell you. Uh, there's now more and more writing uh, more and more coverage of the fact that people think that there will be a reversal of Roe v. Wade in just uh, eight weeks or so. Now, I don't believe that. I don't believe I don't believe the reports because I have a I just have a sense that the Supreme Court does not do what we want it to do uh, just because we say we're reading the tea leaves. Just don't really know. But there certainly seems to be enough votes that it's, it could be in the cards. Let's say it that way. And the fact that there is writing about it. In like Politico, where they wrote a piece saying that there's the Democrats are concerned that there's not enough fear about a reversal of Roe v. Wade. It does say something, right? They must be sort of reading the tea leaves. So the question becomes, what happens in America when there is no totally made up, nonsensical BS version of, of a right to privacy that justifies the killing of babies. Because that's what happened in 1973. They made up out of whole cloth the justification for and the whole framework of abortion on demand and protection by the federal government in the U.S. Constitution of the right to an abortion. If that's removed, everybody from Justice Scalia, the late Justice Scalia, uh, to, you know, current um, uh, leaders in the House and Senate, everybody says, well, it doesn't mean that there is a uh, a ban on abortion. It doesn't mean that. Now, I don't know why it doesn't, right? I mean, if we, if we announced that there was a, a way that there was... So, let me pause. I don't want to get there first. I'll get cover there in a minute. So... That's what everybody says. Everybody says, well, you get rid of the made up, totally fictitious, trumped up framework for abortion, the Roe v. Wade, Doe v. Bolton, and suddenly you now have a brand new day. What happens in the brand new day? See, that's the question. 
And what happened before Roe v. Wade was that states could ban abortion. Michigan has an existing ban from the late 1800s that still sits there. Other states are passing uh, bans or have passed uh, so-called uh, bans that go into effect. Uh, they call them conditional bans. If Roe v. Wade is reversed, then a ban kicks in. All kinds of things happening there. Now, pausing for one moment, why is it that we don't have a protection for a baby in the belly? Because if you walk down the street and shoot and kill me, that's murder. You've taken my life. We ban that. So there is a, no one can say that there's not protections in the Constitution for uh, 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 murder. Well, there is, there's, uh, let's say it differently, there is no right to murder. Therefore, states can ban murder and the federal government can ban murder. So the question becomes, will we in America ban murder? Or, say it differently, will we get enough consensus on the on what's happened in medicine, in science, in the culture of when life starts that will ban the killing of life? That's really the more interesting, well, not more, more pressing question. And I don't think anybody knows. And that's what we're doing at Life Matters. If you go to phyllisschlafly.com, you can listen to that podcast, Life Matters, Jordan Henry and myself talking about these key issues. All right, we got to run. Uh, thank you for listening. Go to proamericareport.com, proamericareport.com to tune in and listen to the segments we've done, to uh, sign up for the daily email, and otherwise get clued in. Thank you, as always, to our great producer, Noah Dingley, associate producer, Joanna Spilger. We'll be back tomorrow. Ed Martin here on the Pro America Report. Talk to you then. Pro-America Report on The Answer, San Diego. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.